0: Hi, my name is Allison Sutter, and you're listening to the Accelerate Your Mojo podcast, where you'll learn how to move past the perfectionism and doubt that is stopping you from sharing your high vibration vision and teachings with the world. This podcast is for all you intuitive introverts out there: the light workers, energy healers, empaths, sensitives, and clairsentients who struggle with making the decisions that will move you forward on your journey as a spiritual teacher. Fear is stopping you from creating the experiences you want, but you're sick and tired of the discomfort that comes with holding yourself back, and you're ready to make a change. You're ready to make stuff happen for yourself with a lot less struggle and a ton more joy. After seven years in the spiritual and personal development coaching industry, I discovered the secrets to consistently moving away from doubt, limiting beliefs, and fear when they show up. After years of trial and error, I finally figured out how to consistently align with my higher self and trust my intuition, making it so much easier to create the experiences that I desire in real time. I'll tell you all about these secrets and more in this podcast. To enroll in my free AYM introductory class, go to www.alisonsutter.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast today so you don't miss any of the amazing episodes. how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to have this chat. We're going to talk about topics from your book, um, all the things, some of the things that you've experienced in life, which are in your book, which are very interesting. And the title, mm, thank you. I love the title. It is such a clever title. I, comma, <laughs> Dia, like that's mm-hmm. so clever. You're awakening your inner goddess. So I think what i'm in the mood to start with to today and for those of you who are just listening to this podcast and you haven't heard the other ones what we do is we just drop right into conversation for you to feel the vibe of my guest today and i give you the rest of the information at the end so let's start with motherhood this is like such an amazing topic you talk about the motherhood archetype in your book um, mm-hmm. Give me some thoughts. Just give me some thoughts on on motherhood and,
1: and how you're feeling because you're a new mother. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. I feel like this is a whole podcast on its own. Not even episode, but an entire podcast. And I'm sure there's lots of them. But um, yeah, I mean, motherhood is such a journey. It's such an awakening of... All of the tests, you know, that's definitely what it's been for me. It's like the greatest blessing, the most amazing, loving, magical journey, and then it's also the most difficult, challenging, you know, all of the triggers, all of the unhealed things, all of the um, pain points seem to come up during motherhood, during the journey through motherhood. Um, and obviously it's a forever journey. So, um, it's just, oh, it's amazing, but it's definitely, uh, I, I like to see it as the mirror, you know, the mirror for where I have to get better, the mirror for where maybe there's things that I thought I healed that I haven't healed, or even just really, like showing up as my best self, you know? It's easy to show up as your best self or to do all the things really well when you don't have kids running around. And I think that was for me one of the biggest kind of awakenings and shifts. It's like when I, you know, before I had kids, I I was so good at all of my morning rituals, waking up and having my grounding tea and you know, burning my sage and setting my intentions and pulling some angel cards and doing my gratitude and drinking a bunch of water and, you know, going and working out and then going and having my healthy smoothie shake. And then, and it was like, I was so on it every single morning and, you know, becoming a mother, it's like, all of a sudden, it's not just about you and what you want to do every day. It's, you kind of have to learn how to put another life before your own and then also learn how to fuel yourself and fill yourself up in this balanced way and um and to to learn how to not pour from from an empty cup that does feel empty a lot of the time especially in the beginning so it is um it's a it's a roller coaster but it's the funnest most amazing roller coaster you could get on so that's kind of my my quick intro I would say into motherhood well I ditto all of that because it's
0: it's definitely and your kids are young right now you have
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know small children and I have older children and it's always a challenging journey and each age that the child is brings a new challenge and I love what you said about the reflection because mm-hmm. children are definitely in my experience reflectors and the opportunity to see what's going on within yourself do you think Mm -hmm. because you have girls that maybe the the concept of awakening the goddess within is even more important to be in alignment with
1: i do i i do and um you know, in in one aspect, it's like, you know, true. Like even my whole book, "Awaken Your Inner Goddess," it, it truly goes beyond gender or sex. Like it, you know, anyone could benefit from from the teachings and, um, and really like it's about owning your power, right? But there is a large concept in it surrounding, surrounding women and surrounding, um, how women have lost their power or how. You know, divine feminine has been forgotten about and kind of squashed over the last uh, few centuries and even longer. And so, I definitely think, you know, I call them my goddess girls because I do want to raise them, believing in themselves and knowing how powerful they are, and honoring their cycles through life and through, um, you know, in their bodies and and um, and just knowing that, like they can do whatever they want to do and they're powerful and they're beautiful and they're divine and they don't have to change themselves. And yeah. So, you know, I feel like I did have two girls for a reason, um, because of this whole feeling of this soul mission to help women awaken their inner goddess and realize their power and know their worth. So, um, it also does, Kind of hold me accountable to show up in that way for them, right? I can't, you know. We, I definitely think in in any parenthood, you really learn that your kids are going to do what you do, not what they, not what, not what you say. And so, (laughs) you know, I can say all the things, but if I'm not demonstrating that for them, then they're not going to really understand it. So, it definitely is holding me accountable to show up. Uh, With my inner goddess and, and show them what that looks like and show them what that means in hopes that they will feel empowered as they grow older and they'll know who they are and what they're worthy of and all of the good things that I'm trying to teach.
0: Yeah, I definitely think one of the things that has, being the mom of three girls myself, the thing that has been so profound is... And I want to talk a little bit about sacred partnerships too, but this I think falls Mm -hmm. in alignment with that is the sacred partnership you have with yourself. And when you look in the mirror, you know, I have, I have been aware of the conversations I have with that reflection and the ones that are, you know, negative conversations. And then how Mm -hmm. that energy gets picked up by our kids, whether we say it or not, the conversation and the partnership I have with myself and my goddess within or if I say negative things to myself in the mirror, I think negative things. I can't just pretend that's not happening. They will pick it up and they did yes. pick
1: it up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I try to, I've tried to from a very young age since my daughter could just barely start to talk to really encourage her to speak affirmations over herself. So you know, every night before bed, I would say, you're powerful, you're amazing, you're smart, you're brilliant, you're beautiful, you're loved, you're safe, you're secure, you're taken care of, you're incredible, you can do anything, you know, those type of things because I know how powerful our mind is um, and how unconscious most of us are what we are saying to ourselves every day over and over again for years, for decades, and how that creates our beliefs and you know, what we think about ourselves and that's what limits us in our life. So, um, I definitely want to start creating that, that positive self-talk for them. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's like, you can't just do it for them and then not do it for yourself. It, it really all starts with us. So, um, you know, even like just being a few months postpartum and, and, really being really strong in this for a lot of years now, like, uh, I mean, it took me a long time. I, I had so many years where I was just so hard on myself. And, you know, we say the most horrible things to ourselves in the mirror that we've never said, say to another human being, we would never say to our kids. Um, yet we say it to ourselves all the time you know, we kind of pick ourselves apart in the mirror. Um, or, you know, I don't know if you read that part of my book yet, but one day when I finally like actually looked at myself in the mirror, it's like, normally we're just looking at our reflection as if we're not human and we're just, you know, picking apart, Oh, my thighs should be like this. And Oh, I should lose weight here. Or I should, you know, or my, my skin or my hair or the bags under my eyes or whatever. We're just, you know, always picking ourselves apart, but we're not truly looking into our reflection and seeing ourselves, our souls, our you know, our heart, our feelings, our emotions, everything that we've been through, how far we've come, all of these things that are truly making up us and we're not loving ourselves. So it's it's so important. And I was so good. I w- well, you know, had that journey where it was really I was really not good and then I I had that kind of awakening moment that that one morning and after that, I started to really shift my self-talk and I started to really only breathe life over myself, over my life, over my business, over my future. And that's really when my life started to change so drastically and so quickly. And um, and then for the last few years, I was really good. I was really good. Like I was so nice to myself. (laughs) I was so breathing life over myself. I was so loving my body and loving loving myself. And being a few months postpartum now, I've had a little bit of that regression where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, am I going to look the same again? And you know, um, we all have those moments again, going through motherhood. It's very normal, but Luckily, this time I've been able to pull myself out of it really quickly and just love my body and honor my body and be like, wow, like you just birthed two human beings and what a miracle and what a blessing and, you know, nothing but love. And yeah, so it's so true though. And I, I can imagine, you know, you having those, your girls being a little bit older, it's like you can probably see a lot more how they've picked up those those kind of that self-talk and those patterns that we want to break.
0: Well, that was what I was going to say is it's just interesting that when they're little and we can do those positive affirmations and the, you know, the building up of a positive, stable, egoic structure and stuff, and then they go out into the world and that's the challenge because they go Mm -hmm. into the school system and they, you know, start engaging with other people and it's, it's, it's interesting. Did you have any awarenesses about what your own mom's
1: patterns were? Um, I would say not really as a child, but definitely like as I got older and really got into like personal development and learning about our mind, I definitely was able to kind of deconstruct maybe like my mom's belief about her, beliefs about herself, my dad's beliefs about himself and kind of also just where I picked up all these different beliefs, you know, whether that was from school, whether that was from one person saying one thing in my childhood and that became a belief, right? Or a limit or whatever. Um now luckily my mom was the one who introduced me to meditation and a lot of like personal growth aspects and um more mindfulness. So even, you know, maybe she still has some of those things for sure but it's nice because I feel like now our relationship, we're able to talk about those things a little bit easier and be like, okay, here's a limiting belief. That's not true, mom. And, you know, we can work we can kind of work through it together. Same with my sister. I mean, we that we do that for each other every single day where we highlight, uh, actually, <laughs> you're so much more worthy than that. And where is this coming from? And let's break this apart and let's create a new belief and let's create a new intention. So, yeah.
0: Oh, I definitely think the the concept of awakening the inner goddess is absolutely a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Being fif- oh, 50 totally. now, it's different than when I was in my 20s and 30s and I mean, I don't even think I had the concept in my 20s, but you know, I think as you get older, it and especially in the time we're in now, this concept is yeah. so 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 important to our yes. own mental stability and our own sense of well-being for sure. Yes, absolutely. So how do you create do you have a physical space that you create when you're creating space for yourself? Do you have is this just a mental construct when you say? And what and what does creating space mean to you?
1: Um so that is a chapter in my book and You know, I definitely think that it can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. I also think that it also depends on the phase in my life because, again, before children, I, you know, I really did have, like, my space was in my room. You know, I had all the things. I had it set up. It was kind of like my little sanctuary. And I would go in there and oh, just – lift the vibes so high and feel so good. Um, But I do think that, you know, space can be within yourself in meditation and mindfulness and just connecting to yourself. Sometimes it's like when I'm in the bath and I'm just relaxing and I'm just finally letting everything go or in the shower, you know, like how many people have ideas when they're in the shower and all of a sudden like it's just downloads and downloads and like inspired inspired ideas or inspired action to take and that's just because we're finally just releasing and cleansing and um not doing things all the time. So sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's when I'm driving in my car. Like I feel like especially recently I feel like oh I have all these things to do and when I can actually do them I forget and then all of a sudden I'm driving when I can't do those things and I remember all the things I have to do and so I think partially it's that. It's like just creating space in your day where you're not doing things so that you can allow the guidance to flow. Um, and and so creating space in your mind for sure. Uh, one of my first business coaches, he taught me how to do a brain dump. So every morning, first thing you should do is brain dump. Just like write out every single thing that's on your mind to create space so that you're not jumbling up and trying to remember all these to-dos or these uh, whatever, you know, things on your list, it's really like, okay, they're on paper. I don't have to take up space in my mind. I've just created space to allow ideas to flow in, to allow guidance to flow in, to allow inspired, ide- inspired actions to flow in. And, um, so that's kind of like the first aspect meditation and meditation practice is great for that. A lot of the times, I mean, even the whole book, it was like just allowing my mind to, calm and just to kind of sit there in in silence and it wasn't meditation where my mind was empty it was meditation where instantly it was like my goddess was coming in being like here's what we're gonna do here's how we're gonna do it here's what you know and it was like oh my god oh my gosh okay and so then it was writing 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 everything down um but then I also think in your body that's kind of the next level of yourself kind of your mental your spiritual and then your your physical body, and in within your physical body, I do think creating space kind of looks like maybe eliminating some of the junk that we're eating, or um, maybe the junk that we're putting on our bodies, like the chemicals we're using. The you know, I always I really talk about that holistic lifestyle. That's what I'm all about for sure. And um, creating space for health to come in, right? It's like how can we fill our, our body, our minds with, with junky food and junky thoughts and expect it to thrive. We have to let go of those things and create space for the good to come in. And then kind of expanding that to the next level is our environment. So who are we hanging out with? What kind of music are we listening to? What, um, what are we like programming ourselves with? Are we, what, what are we watching on TV? Are we watching TV at all? We just got rid of our TV actually. Um, which was a big wow, move, but we did. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, I didn't have a TV for years. And then, you know, I, I, I got one. We got one and, you know, we'd have family movie nights. But then it very easily turned into, okay, my daughter is watching TV as the babysitter because that's the only thing I can get her to do to get work done and to um, not have a, a disastrous mess around the house. Um, but then – You know, my my husband challenged us. He was like, "Hey, we're getting rid of the TV." It's there's fear. The consciousness is not where we want to be within the TV. You know what? What she's watching, she's more afraid. She's not sleeping well. She's you know kind of acting up way more after she watches it. And so we he literally sold it that day. Um. So you know that's another thing to be conscious of. It's not saying that it's horrible and bad and you should never watch it, Um, but. Just it, it easily kind of like creeped in. I just didn't watch TV for probably a decade, and then it was like boom, we were watching TV every day. Yeah, so happens. Quickly. Um, and then your home, you know, your home like getting rid of clothes that you don't wear anymore. Like I am always donating stuff. I'm donating furniture. I'm donating toys. I'm donating donating clothes. Anything that I don't use on a consistent basis or um, is not representative of the next level of me. I feel like we're always, as humans, our desire and and our spiritual growth is always to consistently be leveling up, right? So I feel like your home and your belongings are a representation of that. So if, you know, always defining that next level of me or that goddess version of me, um, do these clothes align with that? Do this, does this, you know... All of this stuff that's taking up so much space in my home is that representative, of that goddess and that life. And if the answer is not a heck yes right away, it's a no. That's kind of how I see things. And then that can also um, play into relationships. You know, I, I've been going through that with my sister right now as she's kind of on her journey to find her love and uh, conscious sacred partnership with somebody. And we're talking about like, you know. If you're spending your time and energy with somebody who's not a heck yes, then it's a no right now, at least, you know, like you really got to be, um, you got to create space if, if you're, if you're wanting something in your life and something else is taking up the space where that's meant to come in, you're not going to give it the space to come in. So.
0: Well, that brings me to like the question of, cause this is a big question for people and it's a, it's a fear and it's a something they they question constantly but the like the divine timing and the timing of things that manifest because in your book you talk about you hadn't intended to have your first daughter when you did and then Mm -hmm. you had to adjust to the timing of her arrival and then you know everything has to shift. but how have you if you have um, made peace with the timing or when things begin to shift and you get a little anxious how do you then go back to being at peace with the timing of the things as they arrive in your life?
1: Oh, such a good question. I feel like that right there is the definition of faith. Like so many people say they have faith or want to have faith, but then they're trying to control everything. They're trying to control when and how and where and you know why is this not happening and why is this happening to me and, and all of this stuff. And it's like, it comes down to faith. So if you can create the belief which I have worked for years to do that everything is always working out for me. Everything is in divine timing and I'm always being supported and it's either this or better. Like those are kind of like the main beliefs I feel like that that can create that type of faith where you're like it's all good, like nothing bad is happening. And I know that sounds crazy like but I'm not, I'm not like some, <laughs> I'm not saying that life is going to be great and easy all the time. Like, I just lost my father to suicide. I, you know, like I go through hard stuff too. And, but it, it, at the same time, it's like, what makes me feel the most, the best about when things are hard? Okay. This has to be happening for a reason. I don't know what it is yet. It doesn't even feel comfortable for me to say that or believe that right now when I'm really in those hard moments, like recently. Um, but it's like, well, if I truly believe that, and if I can hold the faith and if I can trust and release every other person to their own soul's journey, to their own, you know, free will, to their own, their own karma, their own, um, spiritual growth and, and, and hopefully ascension as, as they move forward through through new life streams like that makes me feel better about it and from that place i feel like i've had so many signs where i come back to that faith and i'm just like okay i'm going to surrender it all i'm going to trust i'm going to not take my human ego and try to manipulate this or say, oh, this is how it should have gone or this is how it should have been. Well, who am I to say that? Right? I don't know. I don't know better. But if I can truly trust the universe or trust God or trust I mean, whatever you believe in, my higher self, trust my the choices I made before I came into this life, whatever that, whatever that looks like for you and your belief systems, like, that's good. Like, it's, it's as good as it can be. You know, and I, and then I get these signs where it's just like, okay, thank you. Thank you. Or, you know, a lot of times we go through really difficult things and we don't get it. And it's really hard when we're going through it. And then later on we look back and it's like, okay, that's why that happened. Even though it still feels hard, it still feels like maybe it wasn't right, but that's why that happened. Right. Like going through a breakup or something that you're just so devastated. I can think back to my teens and like, you know, break breakups. And it's like the worst thing in the whole world, you know, at that time. And then later you're like, well, good. I'm so glad I'm not with that person because now I have this person and this love. And and or or I had this journey for seven years with myself that I got to fall in love with me and actually know what I deserve in a relationship. So it, it just really, it's everything. It's everything to really trust that divine timing and have that true faith.
0: Yeah, and even to just understand that the age at which you accept the divine timing is unique to the person because I'm only doing it now,
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: just turned 50. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it took me a long time to even – Begin to use that concept as a beneficial construct in my in my life, for I sure.
1: Like I feel like it's also important to say that it's never too late and it's never too early, right? Like
0: definitely, it's all perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about the imagination in a couple different regards. Mm-hmm. The first is, I mean, we can go we can go the route of using it to to construct your book and to connect with the ideas, using it as a vehicle to help, um, you know, with your business, but specifically Atlantis too. I want to mm. go there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pick one of those and
1: let's dive in. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I mean, for me, the, the imagination is so powerful, you know, and I guess you never really know if it's real or if it's not real but your mind can't actually differentiate the difference between something that is thought up and something that is real that's why we have like a nightmare and we wake up and our palms are sweaty and our heart rate is you know soaring and we're like feel like that actually happened or um you know that can Though the, I can give so many examples of of how our mind can't differentiate the imagination versus something that's actually happening, and that just shows us how powerful our mind is. Um, now with the book, for me, like I had no idea what the like I had no idea that that this book was going to come through. I had no idea until it started happening, and um, I had you know as you're, you've read now a lot of the, the introduction chapters, it kind of talks about my journey and all of these different puzzle pieces throughout my life that kind of came together into this one idea, ironically. Um, but you know, for me, it was like, I, I always wanted to write a book. I always affirmed myself. I'm going to write a book. It's going to be great. It's going to change millions of lives. I'm still intending that, (laughs) visualizing that. And Um, but what, what started happening is I just started to like feel this whole, you know, divine feminine, this divine feminine was just speaking to me. It was everywhere. And, um, for years, like I remember even at prom, everyone was like, you look like a goddess and like, it was all this stuff around goddess, 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 goddess. You look like a goddess. You look like a Greek goddess. And, and all of these, these. Things just kind of like trickled, goddess all the time through my mind, uh, from even from childhood. And then when I had this experience that you would read about in my book, um, kind of seeing this goddess or this this guide, I really didn't know what she was at the beginning, um, helping me through this healing process. I didn't know how to to analyze that because it was probably well, it was probably my first what felt like super real encounter where it was like even though it was in my mind's eye my eyes were closed it's like i knew she was there like i could see her so clearly standing over me like moving this energy through my body and so real that i was like oh my god like who's in the room you know and so i, yeah, I had <laughs> those
0: experiences yeah
1: and so i opened my eyes and and there's nobody there but and but the energy and the feeling was so positive. It was so miraculous. Like I wasn't afraid or anything like that. It was just like, wow. It was just, it was a wow moment. And, and so, um, after I, after I had that experience, I mean, that was like, what, 11 or 12, 12 years ago now. Um, but, it just stuck in my mind forever. I mean, afterward I was drawing pictures of her. I was like, I was like obsessed. I was like, what just happened? Like, who was this woman? And I do feel like, you know, as I, as I talked about a little bit, like that next level of you or that goddess version of you it is so powerful when you're growing yourself and you're, you know, you're trying to level up in your life and you're, um, you're working on yourself, whether that's, you know, spiritually or mentally or or physically or whatever in any way, it's so good to have a visual of who that version is, right? And so, for me, it was like as I was trying to grow in my business and grow um, as a mother and as a wife and just in my life, I was like, what do I want to visualize myself as? And it kind kind of all these puzzle pieces came together. It was like a goddess. Like I want to feel like a freaking goddess every day. And so that's kind of how it all happened. And also I started doing paintings that would just like, all of a sudden it was like, I would get this visualization for a painting and I'm like, I'm okay at painting. I'm not like fabulous. Um, but I would just not paint for like 10 years. And then it was like, all of a sudden when I was pregnant, just like, you have to paint like right now, like you need to go get paint and canvas right now. And you need to paint it right now. And it would, I would have this image in my head of what the painting was going to look like. And I would just have to paint for hours until it was done. Um, and, and that, that happened to me multiple times over the last, I would say 15 years. And so, um, more recently, it's like every painting ends up being a goddess of some of some kind. That's um, great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and and yeah. So I I do feel like for women, it was like, oh my god, if every woman could understand that they're truly this powerful, beautiful, stunning, miracle-making goddess, how much better would the world be? Like, if women knew their power, if women knew what they were capable of, if if we stopped just, like, settling to this is the way it is and this is the norm, and like, we lifted each other up and we stopped judging each other and we stopped comparing ourselves and all of these things that we, I feel like, are, like, these ancestral patterns that we've brought forward into the now, it's like, man, the world would literally change. I feel like every single issue in the world would be solved by women if they believed in themselves and took action on that. So that's really the mission. Um so, you know, going back to the imagination, I mean, then when I started having these Atlantis dreams, I was just like, again, like, why am I like, how is my brain thinking of this? Like how am I seeing this? Like what is this? Is this like a dream? What's happening? You know, it was a dream. It was at night, but it was like always right before I woke up in the morning. And then I was like, awake and that's all i could think about it was so clear it was so different than other dreams and then what it did it look like next- for
0: you cuz i'm curious what your version of atlantis looks like yeah mine. I mean,
1: yeah it was like i mean it was just a little tiny portion of it but it was like running away on this like marble bridge over the water over the ocean and there there was no railings or anything it was just like a marble like walkway these like giant giant bridges and over this like bright water, and then like this huge city behind, it. and it was all kind of like looked white and kind of luminescent. That's all all I remember because it was such a little blip of time. It was just like a little blip of time. Um, I, I did have a few other dreams afterward. One was like, um, but for well, first I'll finish this, and it was just running off of this bridge, and it was like. I didn't really see this destruction, the end. I didn't really see that in the dream, but like I knew that was happening. So it was this knowing versus like seeing this scary thing. It was like still still sunny and stuff, but um, but it was like, okay, this – like the city's crumbling kind of thing. Like that's what was happening and we were kind of running away. But um, But I did have this other dream afterward that was also memorable and – Actually, you know what? That might've been a past life regression. I don't, I don't even remember, but, um, I was in this little, like, it was like the houses were these like little, it was almost like white clay. It felt like, but also really nice. Um, but like I I had this little room and had these, these windows along the side. So there's all this natural light, but it was almost like a little clay white hut not hut. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's right in the city. It was like almost if you think about like Santorini Greece, like kind of similar to that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And, and you had to like walk down a step or two to get into my little hut. And I was like this healing. I was a healer and, um, and I had all these crystals and I was like doing this, these crystal healings on people. And again, that was like just another s- like super little blip of that life. But yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was kind of like, kind of like Santorini, um, and I know that people speculate that you know there's a lots of places that people speculate where Atlantis might have been, and one of them is around Santorini. But, um, but yeah, kind of similar to that, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in my in my version of the remembrance, it was very similar to that. Where I met that the city is by level in terms of it has these hills and. Or it's sort of elevated, and I all I yeah. remember is being female energy based, mm-hmm. and holding this orb of light, mm-hmm. and that orb of light held the technology for both
1: healing and information. And That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that resonates a lot with me for sure. Like, oh, it's 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 really it's really interesting. You know, this whole Atlantis thing, because again when I, when this one woman first told me, oh, you have had a past life in in Atlantis. And I like, at the time I was like 17 or something. Like, I don't even know if I believe in past lives. I don't even know like what you're talking about. You know, (laughs) like I was so confused, but it just, again, same thing Like just started to unravel. And it was just like all these weird puzzle pieces fitting together where all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, like, I just feel like this is real and this happened. And then I started to really like dive into, you know, documentaries and shows and all of these really cool um, different perspectives. And I feel like I what I have experienced is a lot of people remembering similar things and also a lot of people from that lifetime, I mean, gosh, it could have been hundreds of it could have been thousands of years that, or yeah, thousands of years that Atlantis was around. But like, you know, those kind of the different eras within it um, seems like people are coming back now to kind of like try to lift the the vibration of, of this planet again. <laughs> do you think I it has like-
0: something to do with your um, the the connection with the inner goddess and wanting to make that? Yeah, offering that yeah. as a dominant frequency.
1: That that's a, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like again, it's like I just feel like we've lost our reverence for the planet, for each other, for our differences, for our similarities, for ourselves, for relationships, for like for everything. Like we I mean, there I could talk on this on so many subjects, even like recently giving birth. It's like learning about what they used to do in ancient traditions or even still do in some places in the world where it's like literally, you know, the saying like, uh takes a village to raise a child. We don't have a village anymore, really. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you're actually supposed to supposed to go back to work within uh six weeks of having your child fully like leave the house and go back to work, you know, and then you're you know, you're supposed to have dinner made, you're supposed to have house clean, you're supposed to blah 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 blah. blah. And it's like in other traditions, it's like the woman is alone with her baby, literally being treated like a goddess for the first 40 days. You're in bed, you're doing what you want to do. You're hundred percent just nursing your baby, cuddling your baby, skin to skin in this like newborn bubble. People are making you the meals. People are, you know, coming together and like offering support to that family and to that mother. And now it's like, oh, can I come see the baby? And then the mother's like trying to vacuum and clean. And oh my God, it's like, what? There's no reverence for life. Right. And it's just so sad, but it's like, and you know, that's where kind of my new age of business chapter comes in because it's like, we think, oh, but we need to make money to support ourselves. And it's just, it's go, go, go all the time. And I just don't think that that's the way that it has to be. You know, I really truly believe that if we like all came together and I do feel like it's that motherly energy, that abundant energy where it's like, we can have that and do this. We can be present and with our family and build an abundant business or have an amazing career that we love or, you know, do something that we're really passionate about and that we enjoy. But basically all of the systems have to be shifted in the, in how the world works and all of those systems pre- predominantly were created by men. So it's like in a lot, the logical brain, which is kind of what I say as a more quote unquote masculine, again, has nothing to do with gender. We both have these different energies and different tendencies and different ways of being and thinking, and they're both good, but we want to use them for different things in different parts of our life, our lives. But um, yeah, it's like that logical, it's like, no, this is how it works. This is how it always works, has worked. This is what we do. This is how it works. And then the the feminine comes in as like, well, why? It literally makes no sense. Like, what if we could all win? What if you could have profit and take care of the planet and take care of people? What if people could have more time off work and have more time with their family and have, uh, you know, make more than like minimum wage and actually be able to afford rent or buying a house or whatever, you know, on and on and on, like goes through to every single industry and they could still have, you know, multiple weeks of vacation to enjoy life, you know, or whatever. And so it's just, I feel like that's the feminine. It's like, it's the solution to all of the problems right now.
0: Yeah. I think the feminine is definitely the, the, the energy that says, and instead of, or, It's not one or the other. It's an and Um, energy, not an or energy. (laughs) Yes. Or but, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Or just how are we going to create this and and, and Mm -hmm. make it the best for everybody? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I love it. So where I want to kind of, as we sort of wrap this up a little bit, is Mm -hmm. maybe just ask for, if you wanted the, you know, a couple of statements, a couple of sentences to encapsulate the energy that you would like the listener to embody Mm. as they as they break free from this podcast and go about their day? What would that be?
1: (sighs) Hmm. I would say take a moment to really tune in not with you as in you know, your name and your job title and your whatever, but as you as in your soul, like you as in your fullest potential. And tune into that. See yourself as a goddess. Realize that you are so worthy of everything you desire and go after it and know that you're supported. Know that you are guided, know that it is all possible. And that you've got this. You've got it a million times more than you can imagine. Um and and I truly you you're you're a goddess. You are a freaking powerful, badass, gorgeous, stunning, amazing goddess, and you have the power to make anything in life possible
0: beautiful and i would say if someone's listening and they're struggling inner in their inner realm with the concept of aligning with self-love they can listen to this again because we've imbued this with a focus and an alignment and the energy of the goddess and so simply by being present with us in this space you are energizing your own inner goddess for sure yes.
1: I also have a free meditation on my website that anyone can listen to at any time, and it's about meeting your inner goddess. So it's kind of giving people that o- opportunity to see her however they, however she shows up to them. I've had people um, say that they saw their goddess as like so many different things, and it's so cool to hear um, so whatever that is for you, it's, it's you, it's right. It's good for you. As long as it feels amazing and good, it's good. So that's another tool. Beautiful. And I want to tell everybody how to get a hold of
0: that information and how to connect with you and, um, more about you in the outro. So stay tuned to learn how to connect more directly with Samantha.
1: Thank you, Samantha. Thank you, Alison. So great to chat with you. And I really enjoyed our time. I appreciate you. Samantha Dryling is an entrepreneur, author,
0: health and wellness advocate, wife and mama of two beautiful goddess girls. A creative, she has always been driven to run her own businesses and started at age 14. She is passionate about serving others and empowering people to live life to the absolute fullest she seeks to help women around the globe to remember their true power by connecting with their inner goddess in her book i comma dia awaken your inner goddess she takes you on a journey of magic power acceptance and love with stories as well as practical tools and soul work to step into your potential samantha believes in a new age of business where people are supporting people while positively impacting the planet, community, and abundantly profiting. As one who is constantly seeking personal growth, Samantha is an awe-inspiring speaker and lover of life. Today, in addition to her passion for creative outlets and writing, Samantha is a top leader in a global wellness company focused on educating about holistic health lifestyle as well as creating a sustainable future for our Earth. You can reach Samantha at awakendia.com, at awakeningdia, and at Sammy Dryling on Instagram. That's at S A M M I D R E I L I N G.